Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. It's mean a unique season just be over. Good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. Here live from the Valley on this Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio... Uh, so far, here at the Valley is, is Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lewis? Not too bad. Not too yeah, bad, Lewis. A bit, a bit, are you feeling a bit rough after your evening in Sheffield? A bit, a not, bit hungover. Not the only person to be defeated by Sheffield this weekend, no, that's of course, it. because the Sheffield team have, have beaten me. Yeah, yeah. the team has uh, has been beaten by Sheffield Wednesday yesterday by three goals to nil. We want to hear what you guys made of that game. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can comment on this thread as we look back at yesterday's heavy defeat. Uh, to Sheffield Wednesday. We're also going to uh, talk about Roland's uh, incredible uh, statement that he published during the week. Um, uh, we, we talked about it briefly on Thursday. Well, not briefly. We talked about it for the majority of Thursday's podcast. <laughs> but you guys, we want to hear what you guys made of that one as well. So you get your emails in email. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweet us at charltonlive. We also want to know, because after Roland has decided that it's all the fans' fault, we want to know what you blame it on. Do you blame it on the boogie? Because that's what we want to know. Uh, let us know what you blame Charlton's uh, poor, uh, poor form on. Is it too cold in Charlton? Is the sofa putting everyone off? Um, is it the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre? Let us know. We want to know what you guys uh, uh, make of that. Uh, also, uh, we are expecting one more. 
in, in the Adamola Lookman mold. We're going to bring him on way too late. Uh, as soon as Nathan gets here, he's going to he's going to join us. He got caught up in traffic, so Nathan will be joining us sooner. Uh, but yeah, first things first. Um, you you were there, Lewis. Um, what, what did you make of that that, that performance? Uh, you know, question mark performance <laughs> against uh, against Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. It's just oh, it's just so disappointing, isn't it? I, we got a really really good result against Middlesbrough. Uh, you know, amongst the protests and everything that was going on. Uh, the team knuckled down, managed to get a, a great three points against one of the best sides in the league. Um, go away to Hillsborough, where we've got a fantastic record, usually, when, when it's not this season. Uh, and you know, I was quite hopeful before we went up there. I was thinking, going into the international break, we could maybe sneak a win. And uh, But obviously, it's the hope that gets you, isn't it? Every single time <laughs> we, we get a win and a bit of hope, it all, it all sort of plummets yeah i mean it's this this good run that we that we've been on and it's it's, it's only a miniature run it was it was a free game run but you know i said i said on thursday show, i think the, the only chance we were going to have of staying up is if we kept that run going pretty pretty much till the end of the season if we were getting seven points out of nine or six points out of nine or five points out of nine for the rest of the season because i mean you look at it we, we've, we've got those seven points out of nine but at the end of it we're pretty much in exactly the same position we were. We're, we're still six points off safety, and the, the the way the other teams have been picking up points, even, even if we had kept that run going, it might not have been enough, but it's imperative that we did. That's it. I mean, with with the form of Rotherham under Neil Warnock as well, we, it was completely paramount that we could string something together to you know stay on their tails and keep them... keep the heat on them and MK Dons. And even, even Fulham, you know, they're a bit further away, but... There's a few teams down there that were catchable, but we we seem to get you know close enough to do it, and then straight away the, we get a really poor result, and it's all back to square one, isn't it? You know, mm. the, the hope goes completely. The the lineup, um, a few questions raised uh, straight away, I and mean, you see Adam Olerman. People was looking back at the MK Dons game, screaming for him to come on uh, earlier than he did. Uh, started against Middlesbrough. Played played well in that game. The whole the whole team improved, and then he, he gets dropped for Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, and, and you could, I could sort of understand if, if if we're going to go away to Hillsborough, people think oh, it's going to be quite a physical game. Sheffield Wednesday are always known for being a big team. They're they're not quite that that anymore. And in the first half, they certainly try to play a bit of football. But you know, if you're dropping if you're dropping Lookman for that because of that, surely you're not bringing in Razor Kuchanajad, no. who's just as weak in, in terms of you know physical physicality. Yeah, he's he's the most lightweight player I have ever seen. He just every, everything is. He always seems to be on the floor, <laughs> and you, you know Sheffield. They are they are a big side, and if if Jose was worried about the physicality of the game and playing Adamola in that role, then why is he not playing McKeonock? I mean, he's not. Yeah. You know, McKeonock's not been fantastic, but he is an aerial threat. And when we played Wednesday here. I thought McKeonock was fantastic, and they couldn't they couldn't cope with him at all. The the funny thing is, and we're we're here in Jose Riga's uh, interview later. That he actually the the reason he one of the reasons he gives for playing Razor from the start is because he played well against Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> yeah. here at the Valley. But that was because he was in a top two with um uh, with Simon McKeonock, as I was saying, yeah. and and we did run him ragged under the the tactical genius that was Carol Fry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Super Carol. The, the way the way the game opened up, I and mean, we saw a chance early doors for Fernando Forestieri, uh, sort of like a, a deep cross. He looped ahead of back towards the far post. Pope, you made a, a good save. But you know, apart apart from that, I thought that we looked reasonably comfortable in that first half. And, and Sheffield Wednesday were trying to play a, a sort of expansive, keeping it on the floor football that you're not used to seeing from Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the first half, I thought going on for the Middlesbrough game as well that. Um, Fanny and Teixeira are forming quite a strong little partnership there 
And they both look like they can cope. And then Motta adds experience down the right. And I thought Fox had a, a good game, especially first half yesterday. I thought he looked I thought he looked good. And naturally he come under criticism. I'm in the crowd and people will slate him for the slightest thing. But I thought yesterday, I don't, I don't think we could give him any abuse. I thought he played really well first yeah. half. But yeah, like you say, it's the, the mould's there and it all seems to fall to pieces. So as soon as one goal goes in the other end, I mean... Yes, still in that first half, I, I, I thought the, the pattern of the game for me was so similar. Like Sheffield Wednesday had all the possession; they would move it forward, and their, their move would break down. They, they would have slow, considered moves that would break down in our final third, and then we'd hit them on the on the counter with pace. Mm. Harriet, in particular, running with the ball well, but then it's, straight away we we could we would get nowhere near Reza. Like we the, we couldn't get crosses into the middle. We yeah. our play was just all breaking down. It was it seemed that both teams needed a change at half time, and Sheffield Wednesday were the ones to make it, weren't they? They brought on the big Atty yeah, Nihu. It, 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 it was not even 20 minutes into the first half when there was a Sheffield Wednesday fan who was getting <laughs> so frustrated with the way that their play was breaking down throughout the first half. A Sheffield Wednesday mm. fan next to me just shouted towards the touchline, uh, get t- big man on and hoof it. And then you're sitting there going, oh, clearly, clearly uh, a, a man who loves the beautiful game played at his very <laughs> best. But uh, he was right because they brought Nihu on. And it, just, it just added a, a different dimension for them in the second half. And they started to really pressurise us in that second half. Yeah. I mean, with, with that Nihu, again, he, he divides opinion very much like McEnoch. Um, I remember the last time when I went up there last season, when I was leaving the ground that you couldn't find a Wednesday fan that had a good word to say about him. <laughs> they thought he was horrendous. I remember, I remember doing the show after. It was, it was a one-all draw up there last season, and, and Nihu missed two absolute sitters towards the end. Yeah, and we were, we were laughing at him. like We were literally just laughing in his face how, how bad he was. Yeah, I remember that. Actually. And, I think uh, that must have contributed yeah. to the kind Sheffield fellow's words yeah. on, the, on the walk back. This, this season, it's sort of um, the, the, the way that... He he came on. He he did. He just he was he was a handful, and it gave us some. Whereas Sheffield Wednesday were pretty much every time they went forward, trying to play their way in and around us, which we were solid to. Now they had the option to actually play it over the top, and we just couldn't seem to deal with it. Yeah, well, I mean that's it. I mean, first off, who'd who they have up front? Hooper and and then old Bambi on ice for us. The area, <laughs> yeah. So they brought on yeah they brought on Hugh, and you think with with those two in the first half, you, you know, Fanny and Teixeira probably wouldn't have a lot to do. Physically, because they're both they're both big guys, aren't they? They're not they're not going to be done easy, and uh, they, yeah, they brought in a Hugh, and that's that's a bit more of a challenge for them. I think I couldn't really figure out if they put Forestieri out on the out on the wide. He, he seems to have there. a really free role, didn't he? Because he kept yeah. turning up on the wing, and then he was in the middle, and you know, he, he's a really difficult player. Uh, to, to try and contend with and uh, just as we're speaking our own Adam Ola Lookman is. coming in too late but he's here <laughs> Nathan uh, take your seat yeah um, uh, the, so, so the Sheffield Wednesday start to up the pressure uh, that started the second half and we saw and Nicky Pope had to make that there was a shot from Forestieri that seemed to almost catch Popey out and it bobbled in front of him but he got a hand onto it but then uh, Tom Lees I think had a shot that, that got um, turned behind and then they overcame the, the corner, our, our Achilles heel this season, towards the far post, and, and Tom Lees gets above Rod, gets his leg over Fanny, and um, <laughs> is, is able to, to, to head it in, in, in at the uh, in at the far post, and it's and it's, it's it's that old chestnut again, a set piece that we haven't dealt with. Yeah, the, the set piece thing is just is so worrying, isn't it? Every, every game there seems to be something. I mean, even yeah, against Middlesbrough, we got we got a clean sheet, and I, I don't really think they threaten much from set pieces. But you always there's always that panic, isn't there? Every time I give away a corner, I'm like. Ah, oh, here we go, and that was it. That's all it, all it took to open up the first goal, and then 
as it has been all season, as soon as the first goal goes in, the heads go down, and then it's a whitewash. Yeah, uh, uh, Lewis Wheeler's just tweeted in and said, join late, but wait, did you say that Adam Ola Lookman's joining you in the studio? No, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I look join, similar. Yeah, <laughs> join late, you can probably understand. The, the joke is, because Nathan's turned up late, and it's uh, because... Um, Similar to Adam O'Leary, who's been deployed too late into the show. But Nathan, you're here. How are you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm late. I'd um, I'd a waiter where today was his first day on planet Earth. I think. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit delayed, and then obviously I hit a bit of traffic coming in. So, yeah, uh, right. so thanks, thanks for, for joining us here right. on Channel Live. We've we've got so far as as the first goal. And uh, Joe Zariga has said recently that we've been working on set pieces because we asked him after the um, I think it was a Brentford game where we conceded yet again from a corner. So ended up winning that game so it didn't matter as much but again we, we the, the first goal yesterday especially with the, the the way that you're under a lot of pressure away from home is, is always crucial and I like say we, we, we can't keep doing that if we're going to have any chance of staying up no but I just, I, how long could it take to practice set pieces if we've been doing it since he's come in and mm. it doesn't improve you know, we're looking well, it's, it's interesting to know again we'll hear what Joseph has asked but he, he, the way he saw it yesterday was it wasn't a positional issue he felt everyone was marked but he felt that Rod Fanning just did not win his personal battle with, with Tom Lees which is uh, arguably you could say mm. that because he was right next to him yeah. but he just got completely out jumped so that's a, another one Flamed. maybe yeah, out, out muscled maybe a, another thing the, the player has to be braver he has to be stronger in that situation more more committed, I suppose, a little yeah. bit. Have a bit more fire on his belly. And so the the game carries on. It's only it's only five minutes later that um, the, the the second goal came. Which one was the second goal? Was the the one where uh, Nihu, the man who who we pointed out as a danger man, it got he he managed to find space at the far post for the header. Uh, in, in in you could argue typical of him after what he did last season. He did miss from about two yards yeah. out. Hit the um hit the the post. And Forestieri, a man who is uh, love loves a dive. He, he's got sent oh. off here at the Valley a few years ago for Watford with a, a second yellow for a dive he's been sent off twice this season for second yellows that have been dives this time he's managed to use a dive to a more productive end and, and done a diving header to, to get the rebound in and then <laughs> it, 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 we, we, clearly a favourite of Sheffield Wednesday they like him as a player and, and he was difficult to deal with at times yeah with uh, that Nihu is, how do you pronounce it? is it Nihu we, we've gone for Nihu oh right well, Nihu he's a big old unit isn't he yeah and then um, yeah we spoke about uh, Forestieri on uh, Thursday didn't we saying you know that on his day he's quite a decent little player he's Quite tricky, but um, I think it was just a sort of another another three nil defeat, which I don't know how many we've had now this season. I, I, I saw um, I saw Valley Talk blog tweeted earlier that we've had ten. That's amazing. Ten three nil defeats way. this this That's season uh, in thirty eight games. I think the, the stat was that in Chris Powell's entire one hundred and forty odd games here, we'd had less. We'd had only three defeats by more than three goals, which mm. is incredible. And, really. and how many? Um, how many have we conceded from set pieces as well? I saw that stat. I don't know. I can't remember mm. what it was, but it was quite. Shocking, really. So if you can't defend set pieces, then you ain't really going to have a lot of chance well, in any football game, really. Yeah, the, the weird, the weird thing to look at with the, the, those heavy defeats. I mean, if you get, if you're losing a lot of games by one or two goals, and you, and you end up getting relegated, you can argue that that's tactics, that's you know, or, or what it is. But you, when you're getting tonked by six, five, four, and three so often, mm. yeah, you got to ask the question. It's, it's proof that you should not be with this sort of squad in this league, surely. I mean, that's that's under three different managers as well. Yeah, I mean, and it, it goes back to us going back to basics in terms of our um, in our play. So I'm not even just on corners in attacking and defensively. We seem to be doing the the basics wrong, which is obviously is a recipe for absolute disaster. Um, and another thing is, when with the defeats, is what you need in players as well as having a good technical ability is a bit of mental strength as well. So when you go a goal down, your heads don't drop. And as soon as we get a go a goal, goal down, I think every single one of us knows we're never going to get any point or anything out of a game, which 
shouldn't really happen as soon as you concede one goal. You, you know, you've got to have that sort of mentality to try and think and believe that you're going to get back into a game, which none of us do when we concede the first yeah. goal, which is a shame. I mean, what can you say about the, who should be in charge of the mentality thing? I mean, I remember after the, the Burnley game, again, it was still under Carol Fry, and I asked him, you know, how, why so often that we, we concede one goal, and in, in that particular game, we conceded just before half-time, and then it was 3-0 15 minutes after half-time. And he, and uh, he, his answer was, it's just a mental thing. And I was like, well, whose job is that to, to fix mm. it? And he's, he sort of, sort of blamed the players for that, saying, and we've told him this sort of stuff. But you know, when this mentality continues, is, is it the head coach? Is there a, needs to be a different leader in the dressing room? I mean, who, who can you sort of put your finger on? I'd really, you'd think that you'd be able, the head coach would be able to instill that into a squad. But every head coach we have doesn't have the experience over here so maybe it's just it's not relaying properly you know they're probably trying it even carol fryer is probably trying to address the issue but pro- just not properly to i mean it, you can't have done it properly if it's still happening now in in march nearly april mm. you know it's it, I, in my eyes it's down to a head coach you look at rotherham they've probably been in a similar position Warnock's got in an experienced manager. You know, I don't really like Warnock very much, but they're, they're organised and they're winning. And well, they went three 0 down to Derby, got back to three three. Yeah, and that's that's what a head coach should instil is a confidence that it's, it's just weird to carry through. If you look at the, the the one time really that we've we've come from from deficits this season was against Reading where we were three one down. Uh, and pulled it back to free, free, free. But even then, the confidence was was still so fragile at the back that we still managed to concede again. So it just shows, even when there is a, a sort of a, a battling display, we we still can't see it over the line, which is incredibly worrying. The third goal came uh, indirectly from a corner, so I don't know if you can count this as coming from a set piece <laughs> or not, because uh, the, the the corner came over. We cleared it as far as um, it was uh, Lopez, I think, and yeah, his, Lopez, his low yeah. shot. Uh, from where I was, I was right behind it. You could see it was going a good five yards wide mm. before El Hadji Bar um, decided to get on the, sh- the score sheet himself. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that just sums it up when a player that a lot of people have said is, uh, have questioned this season, inconsistent, mm. sometimes okay, sometimes terrible, uh, away from home. And, uh, already fragile confidence. He, he's just lost his mind and just towed a, a shot that's going wide in. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the uh, I saw the thread on the actual, the official thread, which actually cracked me up because he had... Um, you had Bar gets booked through for kicking the ball away. <laughs> then Bar scores an own goal, and then Bar gets substituted. <laughs> it's just uh, like like it, it was basically like five minutes yeah. as well. But I mean, yeah, the goal was um, obviously he just tried to sort of close it down, which and it sort of you could say it's unlucky, I suppose. But I mean, it's good. It was one of those days, I think. But um, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be um, if he's going to start the next game or whatever because it sounded like he had a bit of a mare. But um, it's weird with Bar that I can't work out. We, I was saying in the in the stands with my friend Harry about how he sometimes on the ball he could actually be quite good. Yeah. But then his final ball is absolutely horrific. There was it's just, just missing such a big element, <laughs> and it's that's what it it's is. A, it's a problem we have throughout the squad. Decision making. There, there was one point where he picked the ball up and it was in the second half. He picked the ball up towards well, midway through our own half, mm. and he ducked one player really well. And then completely just turned into absolute traffic when there was loads of space <laughs> on the other side. So, and it's too often that we do that. Um, and another player who I've accused of doing that a lot is, is Callum Harriot because I like Callum mm. on the ball. I think he's a, he's he's a skillful player and he's a tricky player. But his decision making, he just he can he can have the habit of running into corners. Now, yesterday, I thought he was a bit more exciting. He was probably our most threatening player 
if you use you know, about as threatening as a as a little kitten. But um, yeah. <laughs> going forward, because he was actually running with the ball, but too often he wrong decision, and we, we we never got into crossing position. I think there was one cross we got in that first half where there was no one in there anyway. You know, too too many times we're running with that ball and and just not doing anything with it. Yeah, what it is with Harry as well. I thought yesterday is that. You know, he's had a couple of goals the past few weeks, and he was trying so hard. I mean, it's not. Yeah, there's absolutely no question about how much effort because there was yeah. a point in that first half where he's tra- he's tracking everything down. And that's, you know, as a Charlton fan, that's what I love to see. But yeah, sometimes he's just he's the victim of his own efforts because he'll try and take on that extra man to try. You know, and in some places he's fantastic. I mean, yesterday, even at three 0 down, he broke that bloke's ankle. Yeah, well, that was pretty much the league. last. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The thing that extended the game longer than it needed to be. The final uh, the we're into injury time. Then Cameron Harriet injured. I can't remember the player it was, but they had to, he had to go yeah, off. I can't his name. He had to go off with uh, with an injury, which meant the injury time lasted about five minutes longer than it needed to. But um, yeah, five minutes too long. Yeah. Um, the uh, there's one thing I picked up which isn't really Charlton related yesterday, but it is in a way because I mean. Um, Hillsborough is my favourite ground in the championship by far. When it's, I mean, last I think yesterday was probably the fullest I've ever seen it. Um, it's it twenty quid a ticket. Last season was, I think it was only ten quid a ticket, but both teams were going absolutely nowhere in mid table. This season, Sheffield Wednesday are in the in the playoff zone. They they know they've got a good chance of, of getting into those playoffs. They're, they're playing a the team that is a guaranteed three points most weeks in, in the form of us. The, the tickets were cheap. There, there was there was just under 30,000 in that stadium yesterday. And you hear, it was the fullest I've ever seen it. And you hear how loud it was when Sheffield Wednesday started at the start of that second half yeah. to put a pressure on us. I mean, that that's the sort of atmosphere and the sort of famous old football ground that we, we're going to miss in League One, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just making... I mean, this is what I like about grounds like Hillsborough and, and here. I mean, obviously, we don't quite get 30,000 a week, but, you know... It's, don't get ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you get the the atmosphere you can generate in a ground like that is ridiculous. And obviously yeah. they did yesterday. Um, but you know you go to the, some of the other generic bowl shaped ones that aren't quite. The yeah, same. they're not the same, are they? No, no way. And and it's it's just not going to be like that when we when we are in League One next season, which is a real shame. Uh, keep your tweets coming in, uh, uh, or your email studio at chatonlive.co.uk. Let us know what you made of yesterday's game. Or you can tweet us, which Lewis Wheeler's done again, says, three strikers on the bench, albeit Igor just returned and Reza is starting up front. Uh, Riga's substitution and lineups are not very good, he says. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with Lewis there. He's, I mean, it's difficult because we haven't got the best squad, have we? No, at all. Being, we, we, haven't got this, we haven't got a squad capable of <laughs> competing in this football league. And no. there's a man who released a statement on the, the website during the week who tried to blame us for that. But, I mean, that's, that's 100% his Exactly, thing. exactly. I mean, I, I want to apologise to every Charlton fan now for us having a really bad squad because I'm a fan and it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, because hey, that, was, that was the thing going around yesterday. <coughs> I noticed on Twitter when I was on the way home that everyone was apologising uh, for yesterday's performance, which, which was very good of them because it is our fault. I've just had a tweet in from a Sheffield Wednesday fan that she says, uh, unlucky. He says, enjoy Bramwell Lane next season. I think he's taken the, the mickey slightly there. But he says, one thing I will say, Harriet was great to watch, uh, which is interesting uh, to, to see that some people obviously did. I mean, he is, he is good on the ball, but he's just that final product. I imagine from, from an opposing team, he must be quite enjoyable to watch because you see someone oh, yeah. doing a lot of skills and then actually not troubling you at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right, um, we caught up with Jose Riga yesterday. Uh, after the game, he came down to speak to Terry and myself, uh, the n- new shopper and a lady from TalkSport, I think she was from. Uh, so let's hear what, um, what uh, Jose Riga had to say after yesterday's defeat at Hillbrow. You looked in it, you looked in contention, and it might have been a slightly dull first half, but project achieved, I would say. Uh, and then the second half, with their substitution, we, we didn't see the code. No, exactly. I think uh, during, let's say, one hour, we, we, we were still in the game, even 
the first quarter of the second half show us that it's not to be difficult. So we were good in, in, in shape, good in, in the game at the first half. We didn't concede a lot of opportunity. Um, both sides, we didn't create a lot. It was a, a game that we want first to try to master defensively because we knew uh, if we concede first, it can be difficult. Um, and at the second half, yeah, we, we concede first, and then after that, it started very, to be very, very difficult for us. And yeah, the third goal that we concede. But anyway, the. Um, we have some difficulties, of course, to, to face with uh, this kind of, of opponent uh, after after the performances against Middlesbrough, after the fact that I have to change again uh, the team. Um, so, okay, that's the reality. Uh, we were coming out with very good results. We did very well today. Okay, we don't get the result that we wanted, even 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 one point. But uh, that's what I said to the player, now we go for two weeks. We wanted to go to these two weeks with a good feeling. It's not the case, but it doesn't mean that at the end of the story. I mean, again, we have we have game to play after the international break. The only hope that I get is that to be available to have all the squad fit after these two weeks. And then after that, we have to do the job again. You must be sick of the sight of set pieces and corners because uh, yet again it was our Achilles heel this afternoon. Yeah, it's not about here. Um, it's not about positioning. I mean, it's just about the duel. It's, it's, it's you, you lose or you win a duel. And we know, we know, and I know that uh, again this kind of, of team with the striker that we're bringing in the second half have to be more consistent, more solid. So we were not. Nicky made a good game, um, but uh, yeah, it's not this time about the fact that we don't respect uh, the, the the positioning or everything. It's about winning or losing a duel. And uh, the, the the next two goals pretty sum up our season. You had the, the second one off the post straight to their man, and then that uh, the the shot that was going absolutely nowhere deflected in. Yeah, but you know um, we have to do a lot to. To be able to say after the game, we are lucky because because again we know we know regarding our position we are not allowed to do even a small mistake. So um, little mistake we 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 punish immediately. So yeah, I know I know it's a difficult result. I don't think that um, maybe on the second half yeah they can score more maybe, but uh, three 0 is already very tough to to. To accept this defeat in this way, because I repeat, during one hour, we did what we have to do. You mentioned uh, just now about uh, another enforced change with uh, Jordan not being able to, to travel because of his hamstring. Uh, were you not tempted though to start the game with uh, Adamola up front, with being the success we had against Borough? Yeah, because just we were thinking that Reza, uh, able to play between the lines, can can be more effective. Uh, the, the, the game we play at home uh, against Sheffield that. Not three because I wasn't there, but they play. He did very well, so it, it was just another option, and uh, it just the fact that uh, we didn't respect what we wanted to do in this way, and he was playing too high on the pitch, not on, not not enough between the line. But it was the idea, just to be to be to be effective. I only made change in the, to look for a better performances, and if we were able to get the result, we know also the faculty of Adi Mola when he when he can come into the pitch after that 
Igor was the first uh, substitute just because we were struggling on set pieces. And Adimolo cannot face with this kind of situation. So as manager, you have to think about all the aspects of the game again. So that's the reason why. The reason why, and yeah, normally it has to, to work and it was not working today. Well, we got two weeks off. You mentioned before about getting players back. Uh, you had uh, the skipper Johnny Jackson back today, plus Igor. Um, are there signs of more players coming back over the next week or two? It's difficult to say because every time I expect something, something else happens. So, no, normally, normally, let's say that uh, Jordan, of course, after the international break, uh, I'm happy that I can give some some minutes uh, to play to 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 Jacko, to Igor also. So we'll have also Sanogo normally will we'll be back. Uh, so yeah, I hope. But all this can help us, uh, and it will help, of course, to have to have all all the squad available. Because until now, uh, you 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 have to to do some changes that you not necessarily want to do. Well, tough today, but uh, good luck for the next one. Thank you very much. Jose, Thank the you. substitutions at half time seem to change the game for Sheffield Wednesday when they brought Nihu on. Were you, were you not tempted to try and mix things up yourself? Because Charlton had seemed quite blunt going forward in that first half. Oh, you know. Um, it's depending of many things I have to, to tell you it's not only about the game it's also about the organization the set pieces everything so sometimes you, you can make some changes sometimes you have to think two times about the change you made for sure a manager never do the good change when you lose a game and he always do the, the right one when he, when he win a game I'm responsible of course but uh, for example for Jacko maybe 45 minutes it's, it's too much and I in this way I I took some risk and I didn't want to take any risk. Uh, I think that if we can correct what we did not not well in the first half, we can bring something else. And the worst thing in it is that they were scoring at, I think, 64 minutes, the first goal. I was ready to bring something else, but um, yeah, it happens what happened uh, too early in the game. So again, I'm always focused on the balance of the team. and. Uh, yeah, just try to find the right solution. And the last three games, I found the right solution. And today, not. Uh, so you know, it's not only about me. It's about what the player <laughs> did on the pitch. Uh, I think that the idea was clear, but we knew also that it's it's a good stuff with with a lot of option for sure. So just even before the game, they can play with different kind of strikers. So. That's not maybe what we can do because uh, Jacko and Igor not necessarily ready to play 45. So we have to look two times about what we are doing because that's the repetition all all the season. We have players injured. We have to take care about them. We have to look that they can be fit and not again uh, getting another problem for the next game. So all these reasons ex- explain my choices. And the choices, I repeat, of a manager are never the good when you lose a game. Yeah, and obviously the uh, the little free game runs come to an end now. Will it be difficult to, to pick the players back up? I think I think you know we know the situation uh, from the beginning. So again, uh, uh, we will do what we have to do about the players. And the only thing that I have in mind is to have all the players fit when when we have to play. Our last game of the season and eight games. It means again a lot, a lot. And um, the way the players show 
the last few games what they want. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still hoping that we can get what we are looking for. How do you actually keep players' belief going? Is this sort of like, you know, the, the, there's less and less games now. Mm-hmm. After each game, you know, we've had this sort of result. What is it you say to them? No, but we just have to refer to what we did together. I think, okay, we, we get three good results. We won the game uh, away against Rotterdam. Uh, we were really competing. Uh, again, Reading against Cardiff. Uh, so it means that we can do it. Uh, you know, to get a win against Middlesbrough <laughs> means a lot. Also, we we saw the game yesterday against Hull. So uh, based on this, we are able to 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 produce very good performances. So that's the way we have to hope. And also, of course, through the work we 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 do all the weeks and all the day. And Jose, um, Stephen Henderson was left out again today. Is he still injured or is he yeah. being left out yeah. for? Yeah. What's wrong with him? He has a problem with his groin. Because uh, the, the finger now it's something else. So hope also that all this problem will be behind us for the next few games. And also there was a statement part by the club on about Tuesday. Could have, could have come from the owner. We're not quite sure who it came from. But do you think that had an effect on the players today? Uh, I can only repeat what I repeat from the beginning, you know. Uh, I have all, all, already many things to think about the team, to find a way to win games, to, to get the point that we have to, to, to get, to think and to be preoccupied by all this. What do you think about a shot? No, he tees up, Lockman into the penalty area, and there's number four! Back in the team, back on the pitch and back on the score sheet. That was Jose Riga there, uh, speaking to a few of us after the game with uh, Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. I was interested what you guys <coughs> made of the reaction. Chris tweets in saying Riga's interviews are a complete joke. Same old, same old. The man is completely inept, clueless and way out of his depth. Uh, Kevin says, can you ask Riga to blow his nose before his next interview? Uh, was he sniffing? I didn't really notice. But, um, uh, then uh, Peter Pierce says, listening to him doesn't fill me with any confidence that he knows what he's doing. Uh, and Kevin says he doesn't, as bad as Fry with a slightly better goal difference. I mean, what, 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 do you guys, what have you guys made of, of Riga's second spell? I mean, obviously, this time, he seems to be working with a much less squad. Like, his squad is nowhere near as good as it was under Powell, and people say he had different you know, different backroom staff last time that helped. Do you, do you think all these things add up? Uh, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's doing, obviously, better with the resources he has than his predecessor, obviously, but... Um... <coughs> Yeah, like you said, it's the uh, it's the squad that he has. It's, it's such a disjointed squad as well. So I know they've sort of tried and getting getting experience in Fanny and Motter and stuff, but it's still so disjointed and there's not a lot of consistency in the team. It's just gonna, it's all very bitty at the moment. So um, yeah, I think he, he's doing the best he can with it. But like we all said at the time when he got appointed, it would wouldn't have been our choice. But of the of the sort of shortlist that was probably written up. It's a very short list, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so maybe one or two, and that was probably the second one. Probably is to reappoint Carol Fry, which wouldn't surprise me. And how they run it, just reappoint him again or something. But um, yeah, no, I think you know he's doing the best he can. But 
you can't really do much more really just hope that you can turn it round still which is um decreasing as the weeks go by his um his substitutions are something that we've questioned before after the Milton Keynes game and like I sort of said earlier I asked him about the substitutions that at half time it was it, it was clear that we were getting nowhere going forward and we're not really in a position now where a point's enough uh, especially the sort of pressure we're coming under when Sheffield Wednesday bring on Nihu, uh, who was they, the, the pressure was building. Do you, do you think he could have made a substitution earlier? I asked him that question. He said, "You know, when when, Chal- when, when the team wins, then the manager's substitutions were right, and when they don't win, then they weren't." So he's sort of I- implying that with hindsight. Mm. But you know, it, it looked to me that any, anyone could tell at half time that things, whereas we were soaking up the pressure, we had no danger on the break. And do, do you think a change would have would have helped us? Yeah, I think I think you should have brought on McKeanock. From at half time, I thought, but because cause it's just you know if it's a physical game and he's worried, like like we said earlier, he's, he's worried about playing Lookman because it's a physical game, and Reza's getting nowhere in the first mm. half because it's a physical game. He I mean, just didn't have a touch in that first half, did no. he? Why would you leave your six foot eight striker mm. on the bench and, and not use him at all? You know when when Sheffield Wednesday bring on the big man. I mean, like, like I say, the, the the game had a narrative which was Sheffield Wednesday had the possession. We were we were difficult to break down but they knew that they bringing on this man completely changed the game in their favour if why why are we not looking to do that in our favour we we had the the defensive part pretty much settled at first. if if we can, if we can be the team asking the question you know and they they wouldn't have expected that from that from us before the game if we can be the team in the second half it goes actually we we're, we're bringing on big mac we're going to ask you some questions now that they that may have countered the way they had to play and it it could have taken uh, some of the pressure off, which is the reason I asked the, the, the question. Right, John Rolf emailed in and said, "Why do we have to listen to the Riga interview? It's all nonsense. It's worse than trying to do <coughs> the Times cryptic uh, crossword." And there is something. Um, someone pointed this out on Twitter during the week, and I can't for the life of me remember who it is. And someone, someone else has noticed it because I, I noticed it as well. When we lose, I, d- I don't know if you've ever seen this thing in in Parliament where um, an MP can talk through a bill. So if there's something that needs to be voted within like two hours, mm. if an MP goes out and literally just doesn't stop to talk for for two hours and they can't they can't debate it and they can't vote on it and there's there's been an MP re- uh, you'd have to see the it's hard to explain because obviously I'm not a political genius but someone <laughs> someone had done that recently recently where they didn't want a bill to go through so they just talked for ages when you look at Jose Riga's interviews after we lose his answers are really really long because he obviously thinks the longer he talks the less questions that we're going to get to ask and after the after the whole game his first answer was four minutes long and the same thing was happening yesterday <laughs> it's like two minute answers after every time so he's obviously trying to uh, to, to sort of try and save. Uh, talking about it right and um, don't forget we want to keep your tweets and your emails and let us know what you made of yesterday's game uh we want to know what you made of roland's statement which we're going to come on to in a minute me and nathan obviously talked about that on first so we want to hear what you guys made of it um we also want to know uh, after roland seemed to blame the fans for where we are we want to know uh in our feature calling blame it on the boogie what are you blaming uh, what, are you, what ridiculous reason are you blaming on charlton failings on uh this season so let us know get your emails in studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charlton live right we'll head on to the emails now daniel farmer uh he emailed in thanks dan he said went to sheffield wednesday yesterday thinking we had a chance how wrong i was first half was not too bad but yet another corner goal and riga just doesn't get this guy uh, changes a winging uh, changes a winging team and brings Lookman on with four minutes to go when clearly he played last week just for the Sky cameras. Riga is another yes man, and the sooner Katrine Runnan and Riga go, the better. Harriet worked his socks off yesterday. Hope we keep him and don't let him go at the end of the season. Thanks, boys. Uh, keep up the good work. So cheers, Dan, for that email. It's, it's, it's something that a lot of us are saying is about you know the the, the substitutions too late, the set pieces, mm. the, the same problems reoccur, reoccur, and you, you need to learn from your mistakes. Yeah, well, didn't Riga say about 
he, he took Reza off because we were struggling from set pieces. And then he brought on Vettikeli. Yeah, so he said that Igor's good in the air. Have I ever seen anything I've never that? seen, no. And, I, I and he's got a header away weeks. at Wigan once, but... Yeah, he's not played for weeks either. Mm. He, he came into that, he wasn't, you know, he didn't look match fit, did he, at all? And it's, I don't know, some of the, they are questionable, some of the, some of the subs. Mm. I mean, Lewis asked, and we, we may as well talk about it, because people ask the question, and Dan even alluded to it, like, people were... Uh, distrust this club so much now that when a player like Lukman gets played in the TV game but not elsewhere people think there's some sort of conspiracy I mean Lewis says what is what is uh, Riga's issue with Lukman wrapped in cotton wool ready for the summer transfer window I mean do you get the impression that's the case I mean it, it, it shouldn't be like that of course but I mean we saw it towards the end of the season when John Joe Shelby got sold he played he hardly played towards the end of that league one playoff campaign season uh, once we knew he was going to Liverpool, do you think that could possibly be a similar situation? Um, well, there's obviously element of you can start. There's obviously reasons why people would think that. Surely not. But if you look at our squad, he is by far our most talented player. I know he's only a kid, but he's the only one who's really offering us anything going forward. Really, mm. um, maybe Harriet recently in recent games, but um, yeah. So I ju- I struggled to understand why if he doesn't start. So yesterday I I. I I wasn't surprised that he didn't start because obviously, like I think you guys alluded to it earlier about him, the physical physicality of the game and stuff, which is fine. But he leaves it so late to to bring him on; it just seems a bit odd. So that when was that home game? Was it um, MK Dons? Yeah, the, the he came on for like four minutes, and yeah. he'd done most in four minutes than the whole team done in the previous eighty six. So <laughs> yeah, it, it does baffle me why he does leave it so late. But in terms of the conspiracy, I don't, surely not, but like you said, I wouldn't put past it. I yeah. wouldn't put it past them. A few people have tweeted in now. The, the term I was looking for where you try and talk something out is called filibustering. Uh, a few filibustering. people tweeted that in, yeah. And uh, Robin Lisbon says that that was him uh, who put it on Twitter and, and he says that Riga should just be a politician the way he talks and uh, the sort of answers he comes out with. Right, another question mark over a player that's missing from the squad at the moment and a couple of people, because um, when, uh, when we were doing this interview yesterday, um, I, I just sort of given up because I've, I've been trying to probe what's going on with Henderson for a while now because I, I don't think it's as clear cut as just an injury because as uh, as Callum and, and someone else has pointed out already, um, his injuries now it's gone from his leg to his finger to his groin. Like so, I mean, like his injuries changing every week. Um, some people were highlighting some slightly dubious Twitter uh, activity during the week where he was liking tweets suggesting that. Katrine uh, shouldn't be at the club. Um, uh, I mean, you can't probably can't read too much into that, but it's, it's, it just doesn't quite. It doesn't feel right the, the way that Henderson's not been about at all. I mean, and and, and the injury keeps changing. It's, it's such a strange situation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the whole club's a strange situation, <laughs> isn't it? But yeah, I mean, we were we were talking about it off air that we, you know, no one no one really knows the situation with any of our players anymore. There's no there's no honesty built up, you know, between. The club and fan, so everything is, you know, it's just he's knackered, isn't it? Absolutely everything. But uh, I, you know, I hope that Anderson isn't being pushed out or or whatever because you know, I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. He's not had the best season, granted, but neither have we as an entire club. So I can't really, <laughs> yeah, you can't really say anyone's had a great season. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, again, you you wouldn't put it past past them would you no at all <laughs> yeah it's just, it's, it, it's something about it just doesn't feel right and uh i've uh I'm, I'm i've been trying to do some digging i'm not getting any clear answers which to me suggests something's going on right zaki dogliani uh who i met last week uh, uh says uh dear fans what a shambles 
Another goal conceded from a corner. Reza played from the start and Lookman left on the bench until after the 80-minute mark. Is Riga ever going to learn? Uh, as for the off-the-pitch events, which we, we will come to soon, the statement confirmed for anyone who doesn't already know that Roland clearly doesn't have Charlton's best interests at heart. He needs to sell up ASAP. Mel Baroni leaves the club with dignity. Her departure shows that the regime won't, just won't listen to anyone with any useful input. I wonder if Katrine received 20 applications for the comms job within an hour of uh, Mel's resignation breaking. I doubt it. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, we, we will talk about the uh, uh, the... Uh, res- resignation of, of Mel Baroni after that statement from uh, uh, from Roland. Uh, I had uh, Paul Green tweeted in a bit earlier saying, uh, uh, "Do you know it's Roland's?" I 100% know that that statement came from Roland, uh, and we, we will talk about that uh, in a bit. I mean, it, it was it was just a shocking statement, though, wasn't it? <laughs> we we, we want to come back onto that, uh, right? Don't forget, we want to hear your tweets as well. Why Cholton are failing? Because uh, Roland's blamed us, we need to think of better reasons, right? Well, other than to blame us, right? Chris Davin, <coughs> excuse me, says uh, so. After last week's festivities, normal service resumed. A bonkers team selection from an out of his depth puppet. Riga, a defensive performance, then concede from a corner, followed by a collapse. Result: three 0 defeat. You know it's bad when we get hammered by Wednesday. That's what sort of uh, tweeted out yesterday. You know that it's not Roland's Charlton is not real Charlton because we can't even get a result at Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, that's the one <laughs> thing given in a Charlton season. We'll go mm. and get something up at Hillsborough. Couldn't even do that. Chris continues, he says, I detest Riga nearly as much as I did Katrine and Roland. The protests last week have obviously gotten to Roland, hence the bonkers statement, so hopefully we step up the action in the coming weeks, culminating in complete mayhem versus Burnley in May. Starting, Reza, what kind of drug is Riga on? Reza, hardly the bloke you want alongside you in the trenches fighting for you, is he? Neither is uh, lily-livered Riga, to be fair. Oh well, the fight goes on and won't until the end. Uh, won't end until this disease that has taken over our club has been destroyed. I mean, just coming on to the the point about Reza, um, I the he's not the one you want next to you in the trenches. You remember that defeat up at Huddersfield where he <laughs> petulantly got himself sent off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was uh, he he just got a book in. Uh, Huddersfield had a throw and he put in a real snidey high <coughs> through challenge karate kick karate yeah. and it started, it started an argument in the change rooms because he saw, he was implying he didn't care he got sent off as well I understand so I mean that that is not the sort of battler you want is it no and he, that, that Huddersfield one um, I was fuming off and actually just sort of lost his bottle and just left his teammates hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And uh, to pick up the... Um, rubbish. Shall I say? <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I mean, 
The thing is, I, I think uh, uh, Reza, uh, when he first came back earlier this year, he did a- he did actually okay. I, I, he was better than I thought he was going to be when he came back, especially when he said he didn't want to play for us anymore and stuff. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't play him up top on his own against Sheffield Wednesday when you're trying to scrap a one 0 win. Um, I would have definitely started Mac unless he was injured. But if he's that injured, he shouldn't be on the bench, in my opinion. But um, yeah, no, I would have I would have put Mac up there and. But yeah, and I don't think Rez is probably the first person that springs to mind when you think of someone who's going to battle away at Sheffield Wednesday yeah. at Hillsborough. Excellent stuff. Right, email in from Matthias Johnson. Hi guys, uh, next season is League One. That's all I want to say about the result yesterday. I, uh, I see now no hope for Charlton. Good to see you, uh, Louis yesterday. I went to... Um, uh, I went to uh, I got to Sheffield quite early yesterday so I went and met Matthias. He's a Sheffield-based Charlton <coughs> fan and we had a nice chat. But yeah, I mean, he, um, he knows probably... He probably has to deal with a fair bit of stick now living up in Sheffield for, for the mm. next week or so. Uh, he says that Sheffield Wednesday fan who tweeted him was his brother. Oh, so that, that does make sense uh, as well. Uh, right, we want to know, Right, like I said, um, what you guys made of the statement from Roland. It was absolutely balmy on, um, on Tuesday evening. Uh, and, I mean, we, we talked about it, Nathan, on, on, um, on Thursday's podcast itself. But, Lewis, you haven't really had a chance to... To react, you're shaking your head now. I mean, what did you make of that? I mean, it's it's just a complete swipe at the the Charlton fans. I mean, I, I describe it as an attack on Charlton fans by um, a beleaguered owner, and I, I stand by that because that is a man who I don't know what he was <coughs> expecting, but he, he seemed he seemed shocked that Charlton fans weren't happy, didn't <laughs> didn't he? I just, I mean, <laughs> I didn't see it firsthand because it was quite tactically hidden. In the website, wasn't it? it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't the headline news. And someone, a friend, my friend George, messaged me saying, "Have you seen the statement?" And I'm thinking of the, the one on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, it's the Sunday one." And he was like, "No, no, you need to read what's on the website." Uh, did and I, you know, you, you get angry, but all you can do is laugh because it is ridiculous. And you, you can't. Get, he's like a child. Just spat his dummy out, hasn't he? Yeah. The, the protests have obviously got to him. So you can say that the whole, you know, the the card guys and black and white are doing what they were, what they've set out to do, because it has got to him. Maybe for the first time now, we've actually seen that these things are getting under his skin a little bit. Interesting that the, the timing of it, the fact it came after this live game. I mean, don't don't forget the the protests over the last few weeks have included people going to his hometown. His, his own club, and, and then apparently they found where he lives and they were leafleting around. So, I mean, it, it, things are getting personal for him, and he, he's feeling the personal embarrassment, and, and the swipe out was interesting. And the other thing that I found interesting, obviously anyone who was reading my tweets on Tuesday night will know that I knew it was Roland, mm. and straight away I put it on Chapman Life that I knew it was Roland. Roland wasn't too happy that people knew it was him. He wanted it to be anonymous, and he wasn't happy uh, that people found out it was him. So it's interesting that I think that the fact that that got out, I think that annoyed him a- even further. Good. And I think, <laughs> and I think that that's another that the fact he wanted to, he wanted the fact a he wanted to have an anonymous swipe at us where he also um, tried to pretend that he'd met Charlton fans. I would love to know who these Charlton fans he's met. Are. Was the one on the train? Did you see it? <laughs> the one who took the photo? Yeah, that, that class is a meet. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> well, we're saying it might be, he, he might think that Richard Corley from the South London Press is a chump. He's a fun <laughs> fan, he's a fun yeah. fan. We were saying there's a, there's a few chairs out there set up, but then he'd actually have to be over here and in <laughs> yeah. this ground to be here, so I can't have to rule that yeah, one out. So, uh, yeah, so it's just, I mean, and then, I mean, we, again, we talked about him first, the, the, the fact that he, he, he went on to the, um, 
to put all the quotes from Katrina in, which brought them back to the... I mean, for starters, he accused people of um, continuously, continuously going back to these quotes. Let's just have a quick listen to him. Uh, fans don't see themselves as customers. Right. Uh, and so whenever I now get very friendly emails from fans, they say, get out of our club. So it's not the, the shareholders' club. Um, I think it's quite funny because they say they pay... Obviously, the ticketing system is one-third of our revenue stream. Um, but they, they go to their restaurants with their family every week and they go to the cinema, but if they're not satisfied with the, with the product, will they go and scream to the people in charge of it? No, they don't, but they do it with a football club and that's very weird because they feel a sense of ownership of a football club and that's a really difficult balance is how you try to engage with fans and make them incorporate into, into the, some decisions of the club, but I, I think it's... It, I mean, in the end, the bill is paid by somebody else, so he should have the final say. So that was um, the quotes there. I mean, Ronan keeps accusing us of keep going back to them. Yeah, um, I wonder how many people nearly threw or threw their laptops or phones and stuff on the phone, uh, on the, on the floor, floor just listening to that. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, every time you hear it, it just makes yeah. your skin crawl, doesn't it? But um, yeah, no, we have to continuously play it because yeah. we do it all the time, don't we? Yeah, I mean, obviously, according to Re- according to, to <laughs> Du Chatelet, that's what people continuously use it. I mean, and that's forced us to now play it on two consecutive podcasts and probably on every <laughs> podcast until the end of the season. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the fact that he decided to type out word for word those quotes with a, a couple of missing bits. I, mm. I think I've worked out that the brackets with the dot, dot, dot and then the closed brackets, that's where he's taken quotes out. So I think yeah. I've worked out what that is. Um, I was, I could, I was, yeah. I, no, he's got, I thought he got angry with the keyboard. <laughs> but the, didn't know the, what he was doing. Yeah, the, the fact that he's, he's put them into that statement means that people are now reading those quotes as if they're new. Yeah. He's a loon, isn't he? He's, a, he's <laughs> an absolute <laughs> lunatic. He, the thing is, he's, he's accusing us of continuously using them but they they disappeared yeah i mean we, and the, he's put them back in the live the line. fact is we haven't continuously used them I've, I've never deleted them off the system just in case but <laughs> we haven't we haven't continuously used them but now they are they are news again they are current news again because they're on the, the club website and well, they're still on there. the press is saying that it's, that it's him that said it yeah you, know, you read all the you know it was in the sun saying roland has come out and said this and they don't know it was catrien however long ago and it's sort of you know, it disappeared a little bit. I mean, the customers thing is going to stick forever because that is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Kraut says it gets worse every time. He has <coughs> no clue what football is about. Uh, Tariq Smallman uh, uh, says, uh, I wish you would explain why it's quite funny. Uh, I think Roland tried to do that when, when obviously with the brackets after weird, which obviously means uh, unique. Uh, uh, CFC Chris 70 says, at first I thought the statement was a joke. When reality set in, it shows how much trouble we are in. A declaration of war from, from Roland there. And that was, I mean, that was what I was dealing with on um, uh, on Tuesday evening. People were accusing, like, I had one or two people accusing me of hacking the Charlton website. And obviously <laughs> they're giving me a lot more credit for my um, computing skills than I'm deserving. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, that, that's how crazy it was. I mean, there, there were texts flying around. Everyone, everyone, even people within the club, thought it was fake. Yeah, I did. I thought the way, just the way it was written, you're like, that's not, you, it can't be real. And you mm. wouldn't rule it out at the moment with the whole, the card guys, you know. If, they, if they'd hacked it and done that, fair play. <laughs> <been hilarious>. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not hacked, and it is old Mr. Yeah. Roland in, uh, in Belgium who got angry. Yeah, having an absolute brain fart there. Right, um, we've had a, another email in. This one's from Andrew Wheaton. He emailed in, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. He says, the last pod was the best yet and has brought on this email. My first ever Charlton game was back in the sad days uh, of Sellers Park, but we uh, we beat Man United with my first Charlton hero, Paul Williams, scoring. Since that day, my love affair began. Getting back to the Valley, seeing Sir Walsh scoring, the playoff final win, bouncing back to the Premier League and staying there, constantly punching above our 
my weight. I was there through it all. I kept the faith through the demise and tumble through to League One and cheered along with the Valley Choir as we returned to the Championship. Since the Belgians showed up, and especially during the last 18 months, even I, a seasoned fan who has seen the dark days, have decided I can no longer take it. With twin two-year-old boys who, when they were born, I was sure would push towards my love of Cholton. We're a family club, uh, a blueprint family club for other smaller clubs aspire to be. How could I begin to sell this current manifestation of my old club to two kids when they choose their first shirt? What's our USP using KM's business mumbo-jumbo now? And what is happening uh, now at our club to attract future fans? The funeral march before the Borough game is fitting. The club I know is dead. This is not the club and never have I felt further from it. That's from Andrew Wheaton. Thanks for that, Andrew. And that's that the, everyone, feel, everyone feels the same, it seems almost. Yeah. That's the sad reality is that everyone mm. is, is so distant. From from Charlton, and that's what that's what Charlton pride themselves on is is you know we've always had fantastic fan engagement the whole way through, and you know he referenced League One is that you would take that League One team and the spirit and everything about the club, even though we're playing in the division below, to what we're playing now. Yeah. I'd ra- I'd rather you know trudge up to Oldham on a Tuesday night to you know to see that team and Chris Powell and that spirit then you know travel up to Wednesday on a thing you just get trumped yeah I mean with, with the retention obviously we're trying to stop with the uh, slow down the retention of fans at the moment so Andrew made a good point of obviously saying about the future generation of obviously fans so obviously if people are staying away you know adults they're not going to bring their kids so like he made a valid point is where are we going to get our fans from yeah, I mean, look, that's the worrying thing. Look at the take up for the football for a fiver this season. I think I think the crowd was something like eighteen thousand, nineteen thousand. Mm. Um, every other football for a fiver, including the ones in League One, have been well over twenty thousand. The reason that is, I mean, I don't know if you guys personally, but when football for a fiver comes around, mm. I get all my mates saying, "Right, come on, you're all coming down Charlton." Like, we're all, they all support different teams, but they all, they all like to come down and watch Charlton. And I was yeah. proud. To, I was always proud to bring them down to watch to watch the club. And you know, if you're not in a situation where you want to invite your mates to the five pound game, you know. Are you going to be in a situation where you want to invite your kids to the, to their first ever game? Or are they are they, are they going to get tempted away by bigger clubs? Mm. West Ham is moving around yeah, the exactly, corner. West Ham, yeah. uh, Dan Gray tweets in and says, I don't trust anyone at the club, simple. And Ronan's statement was further proof that they don't care about the fans. I mean, it just showed so much disdain for us. I mean, there was, there was um, uh, other clubs that, that put out statements. I mean, you mentioned the Everton one the other yeah. day. Uh, Liverpool after their protest they, they apologised to the fans and got rid of the, the ticket increases I mean th- there are better ways <coughs> to do it and this brings me on to the, the, the statements again Sunday evening we saw a statement that came out from Mel and whereas we were sat here last week you know and we were talking about the statement saying yeah, for, I said for me it's a statement for the press it's stuff we've heard before and that the fact is it is stuff we've heard before but it's what you have to say. Yeah. It's what you have to say when you're a, a consummate professional like, like Mel Baroni is. Mm. She knows how to communicate with football fans. Um, uh, Belvedere Brooks says, as a fellow comms professional, Mel was right to go. She was professionally compromised because Roland's going over her head and yeah. just having this statement published in this nonsense form that it is. I feel so sorry for her. Imagine being, you know, that... Being in, how long was she in the job? 40, 46 days. 46 days. Said, yeah. And then they go over your head on something like that and it's just disgraceful and fair play to her for you know she could have easily stuck around for for the money or whatever but she you know she's 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 covered herself i mean like i can't work like that and that's that's fair play to her i mean we've um like roland said you know he wanted to leave it anonymous this um statement or whatever you want to call it in brackets dot dot or whatever (laughs) so if he wanted it to be anonymous and it, let's say it did stay anonymous. Who is everyone going to think it was? Everyone's going to think it was Mel, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And how is that? So it goes on to... I mean, she's probably thinking, sod that for a game of soldiers. Do you know what I mean? I'm, 
Oh, maybe not. I ain't going to have someone go and post that and then everyone think it's me when it's not. So, uh, he's exactly the job and your owner, yeah. owner throws you under the bus yeah. <laughs> straight away. The, the, the interesting thing I heard yesterday, and I'm not, um, I was told by Ollie actually, but so apparently Mel, had, <laughs> Mel was in the away end yesterday. Bizarrely, oh, she, apparently, because uh, apparently she'd arranged a weekend in Sheffield around the game, so she still went to the game. So ah. there, there is something about Charlton that, that, that people do come in and they actually want to be there. So um, I don't yeah. know if anyone did see her or if she ever, if she went went through with that, but apparently mm. she was going to be in uh, the away end. Uh, yes, sir. we're just going to do for one more email before we go for a quick break. Um, we pride ourselves on this show on, on bringing every side of the argument to the table. We we get people in for interviews. CFC Target 20K, who I personally think of fighting a losing battle. We had them yeah. in for an interview recently. We read out emails from uh, people who, who don't always share the same opinions as perhaps some fans do. And this one's from, uh, it's from an M. Dalsted. Um, I'm just going to read this one. Uh, it says, Does anyone condone the idiotic behaviour of a small number of so-called fans at the Middlesbrough game? I hope the idiots with whistles and those who ran on the pitch get long stadium bans. We pay good money to see our team play. And do not want to wit- witness this loutish behaviour. And that um, that uh, email was subjected. Uh, subject the line was called "black and white boo boy." So I mean, th- there are still Charlton fans who don't agree with protesting in any form, which is interesting to see because I'd, I'd love to know, you know, from 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 a even from a neutral point of view, I just can't see how anyone can look at this lot and think, oh, you know, they're trying their best because there's so much ineptitude here and such a disdain for the fans that comes through from. It's interesting to see that people just still don't feel like that. Well, he's, the, he's saying there that you want you know the people with the whistles and beach balls and the pitch invaders to get long stadium bands. There'd be no one left <laughs> in the stadium. You know, target twenty k make their job even harder. A lot of people seem to be banning themselves these days just by not exactly, turning up yeah. as well, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I mean, we had them. Um, We've had, we have, we've had more than one e- people email, person emailing that sort of thing over the last few weeks. So it's, it's not 100% yet, is it? Yeah, no, I mean, we've spoke, we sort of touched on it on Thursday br- briefly. Um, <coughs> you know, everyone's entitled to their their opinion. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. Um, but, you know, there are some people out there that don't really want to get involved with the whole of the circus act, which it is at the moment, but they just want to turn up and watch a game of football. And, you know, if that's if that's their way of enjoying a Saturday then then so be it but um, yeah I mean each to their own and I don't really agree with it but he's entitled to whatever he's got to say if he just wants to turn up and support the boys and then that's down to him so yeah. um, hopefully he hopefully well, enjoys you know, the rest of the uh, season the walkout as well was that's one thing that really did divide yeah. even even amongst people that were actively protesting mm. when you're 1-0 up against Middlesbrough mm. in an important game it it would be difficult to walk out. I mean, I didn't attend the game because mm. I was I was unwell. So, I mean, if I was there, I I don't think I could have left. Mm. Only because seeing Charlton win a game is a rarity, for yeah. one. So you don't, you don't want to what, throw that opportunity away. That's what Tom said, didn't he? He yeah. said on the show, he said he didn't walk out simply for that fact that, you know, he at 1-0 up, he didn't really want to sort of... He wanted to be and sort of cheer on the team to win. And the... the, 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 the thing is that there's no wrong or right way to protest as well i mean you know for, for me that the walkout the, there was a, a lot of people walked out and that is a big statement in itself but everyone knows that not one protest is the thing that's gonna get rid of roland and therefore if, if you don't personally agree with one type of protest i mean some people don't want to go and stand behind the west stand because some people swear and that enough and, and but they still might be against roland that doesn't mm. mean they're not there's, there's yeah. never a there's never a type of protest that's gonna get everyone together apart from I think maybe the beach ball's got the most people because I mean it was hilarious it was hilarious and, uh, <laughs> oh, but it, got on Sky yeah, <laughs> absolutely hilarious even then people some people didn't agree with that but they still agree with 
protesting. Like some people suggest, you can only protest outside of game time, which for me wouldn't work. I mean, it was Ian Holloway's stupid comment saying, "Oh, let, let's wait, wait till the end of the season and protest." Are we going to protest? Then? <laughs> there's there's no one here. He's a stupid <laughs> there's not going to be any um, any uh, anyone here to see it, right? Um, uh, Iron Dan says on the the Charlton Life forum that uh, the show is driving him to depression again. Uh, oh, which um, in, in pure Roland fashion I'm going to blame everyone who emailed in or something <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no, sorry Dan we do have to talk about the current state of the club and that is driving a lot of people to depression and disappointment we're going to be back in 30 seconds we've got a few more emails then we want to hear from you guys who we are blaming uh, on yesterday's defeat because obviously Roland says, it the f- says it's the fans we all know it's not the fans uh, but apparently it's not the team either so what are you blaming are you blaming on the boogie who are you blaming we'll be back in 30 seconds <laughs> Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the middle again, eh? And there's a goal! Charlton have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson and rolled it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vedicaley, who buried his chance, and Charlton a 2 1 up. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening on charltonlive.co.uk. A couple more emails are going to go through. Mark Cox says, uh, so it seems uh, <laughs> it seems that Riga Mortis is now well and truly set in. I like that. I like that, Mark. That's clever. Uh, it, it isn't so much the fact that we lost yesterday. It's the manner of the defeat. We were thrashed by a middle-ranking championship side and didn't look remotely like scoring again. It appears that we're well and truly doomed. Now, um... I'm trying to remember the exact game I wrote us off. I, I've got a feeling it might even have been Cardiff. As soon as, or as soon as the game went to six, the gap went to six points, I think I said, you know, I can't see us getting back from this. After the Preston game, I tweeted as much that you know we're, we're going to be playing League One football. Um, I think Richard Corley came out after the Reading game and his match report said that Charlton will be playing in League One next season. I mean, that, that little run <coughs> just, just gave us the slightest glimmer of hope. But the, the fact that we weren't we didn't really close the gap at all. We, at one point it was seven and now it's six. So after that, that good run we've had, we, we, we've closed the gap maybe by one point. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm a complete sucker for it. Because I mean, originally I wrote this off when we were 4-0 down at half-time to Hull. <laughs> and I'd travelled all the way up there. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, we, we fuck up a few results and then the gap shortens and then it lengthens and then... It, it's, we get we get a good result, and I think if we get another win next week, we're that little bit closer, and it, it never materialises. Mm. So that's the wor- the worst thing for me is is the hope. It absolutely kills me every week. Yeah, that's what that's what Big Dave said on Twitter. Danny Lowe, he said it's the hope that kills you yeah. because you sort of get dragged in and uh, with a full sense of you know enthusiasm. And then you go to the game going, yeah, we do do this. And then it's the same Groundhog Day. It's the same scoreline of 3-0. It's the same set piece, whoa. And it's the same dross. So then you're just like, oh, okay. And then we'll probably win on the next game and then we'll be all back up again. Yeah, we're going to win the next one. That's the painful thing. Because, I mean, (coughs) if we are ultimately going to get relegated, which I I still believe we will, um, I just wish... Can't it just be quick and painless? (laughs) It's a slow, drawn-out demise. It's horrible. 
Uh, right, Peter Pierce says it is a bit depressing tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is uh, the state of this club, unfortunately. Right, we've got a, a good email in from Robin Lisbon, uh, the one who t- tweeted about filibustering during the week. Filibustering, new word that I've learned. That'll be my <laughs> word. Of, that's a word of the podcast. Filibustering. Uh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're now going to bring in a word of the podcast uh, until next week when I will have already forgotten this. And you've got to try use it one that once next week at work. Yeah, fil- oh, filibustering. Yeah. I, I, I need to, actually, with the, way, the state of my job. But, um, <laughs> uh, right, Robin Lisbon says, guys, I don't want to talk about the football anymore there's an instinct that unites all Charlton fans right now and that's simply getting our club back it's now time to step up the pressure on Roland at every single home game perhaps with that amazingly powerful and effective repetitive uh, ball, ball, uh, beach ball chant we want Roland out say we want Roland out I call in all fans to beat it loud and clear non-stop let's make sure Roland knows for sure that the fans will never ever forgive him fans need to come together for one last push to force this change out and let a new owner take charge as soon as this sorry season ends. We now have just four home games left to make the point. So it is an interesting... You know, in, until we're mathematically down, mm. people are all, there's always going to be people who say, yeah. oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be protesting this time. But, you know, it, for starters, I think there's <coughs> clear proof that it doesn't affect the team because you know, there, there was no protest at the MK Dons games. We were terrible. There was mm. large protests at Sheffield Wednesday at home. That was the first large protest we saw back in November. Played really well. The, the atmosphere went onto the pitch. We won 3-1. Huge protest against Middlesbrough. We won 2-0. For me, I think I think it's been proved time and time again that protests don't affect the players. I think individual picking out an abuse of players does, mm. but I don't think protests does. So if people feel the need to up the protest now, I think that, that there's no real reason not to. No, I think, if anything, it probably fires the players up, to be honest. I mean, it would me if I wasn't if I was on a pitch and there was a load of people around me chanting and smashing beach balls around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's difficult, isn't it? The whole the whole situation is mental. Yeah. You don't know what to say anymore, do you? Really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we were talking sort of just off air before the start that the support of the game yesterday, um, an away game. You said there was things like sarcastic cheering before before the games really got even got going I mean that that's the sort of thing I don't really enjoy and you were saying it's sort of winding you up yesterday yeah it's just the whole the whole we've had a shot chance and the you know you don't really need it do you I mean it can't that is the sort of thing that's going to affect the players because you are you're taking making a complete mockery of, of the players of their profession yeah. yeah and you know yes they're not performing to how they should be that's why we are where we are but you know the the tag is support the team, not the regime. So support the team. Don't mm. you know? Don't rile on and sarcastically cheer when Mackinac wins a header. Don't sarcastically cheer when Pope catches a ball. Like you don't you don't need to do it. You just gotta you know. You don't be mad at the players. Fire the players up for some results, and you know it's potentially possible still to stay up. It's maybe. unlikely, but yeah. Very, I'm, yeah. Maybe I'm still drunk from Sheffield. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but as, as per Robbins' uh, email, he suggests that people <coughs> will be upping the uh, the ante when it comes to the uh, the, the sort of thing, uh, uh, protesting towards the end of the season. I just had a, an email in from Mark Cox, actually. He says, uh, he says uh, is it time to resurrect the Back to the Valley party and rename it Back to Cholton party? So that's an interesting point. Obviously, the, the spirit of, of the early 90s and, and the late 80s with the, the Back to the Valley party. I mean, it's a different situation, so it's hard to say what a political party could achieve in this stage, but mm. it was sort of putting pressure on the Greenwich Council, which they did last time around. Do you think that, that sort of thing would be the sort of thing that you need, or happy more with the down, down the protest card sort of route? Uh, I think anything, really. Anything that's sort of going to help the chances of obviously us getting 
Um, the club that we know back would obviously prove vital, but uh, you know, Carter doing a great job, um, and obviously getting the exposure out there. And obviously, we're over getting a getting quite a lot of media coverage from uh, from obviously Sky, like we did, which was great actually. Um, Twitter, the Sun, which we spoke about on Thursday, didn't we? All the sort of stuff we was getting. So um, yeah, I did, you know, if, if we have another avenue of this back to the back to Charlton party or whatever it one you just said sorry mate but um, yeah I mean if it's all going to help the cause then yeah damn right I'd, mm. I'd definitely give it a go Right a couple of emails in from fans who'd like to apologise uh, for their, their <laughs> part in yesterday's defeat Stephen Whitby uh, says uh, he, he forwarded he, he forward us an email that he sent to the new fans at cfc.co.uk address so he says hi I'd like to offer the club and Roland in particular my apologies for this weekend's result at Hillsborough as a lifelong fan of the club I've always wanted to see the team fail and my lack of uh, positive mental energy emanating from my sofa, no, not that sofa, on Saturday afternoon <laughs> seems to have cost us dearly. If only I could have transferred some positive energy into uh, into Roland's boots. He uh, then asks a, a couple of questions. Uh, he says, uh, are the club thinking of selling season tickets that last for the entire football season in 2016-17 rather than just one season of the calendar year? Whilst my season tickets for the last two seasons have been of use during the late summer months. By autumn, my se- my ticket seems to have waned and faded in entertainment value. <laughs> is the possibility due to the ink in the tickets? I mean, obviously, he's implying that there's um that the team have just cut off for the last couple of um the last couple of seasons, and that's uh that's the way it's gone. Roy Mercer uh, is blaming his uh, himself as well. For I'm ever so sorry to say for the fans, it is all my fault. This is after being a Liverpool fan, brackets glory hunter, for the early days, uh, the early years of my life with a scatter of Charlton fixtures in between. It was January 2014 when I started to properly follow Charlton and what a bad time to start. I'm, I, it might actually be his fault because that's only, that's only yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, it now seems my booing and shouting from the North Stand is certainly to blame for the demise. It really does hurt thinking back to the Charlton 4 West Ham nil when I was about six years old and had a great day out watching a top club to now my most memorable moment of, of the season being a protest. It's all a nightmare, but somehow I do still believe for some for some reason. Anyway, see you all in League One. So maybe could blame could blame here uh, Rory. There he did he come in at a, a bad time? The worst time, <laughs> January twenty fourteen. I, I think it's Alex Stebbin who started supporting Charlton when they're in League One. So I don't think he's ever known a single happy day supporting Charlton. <laughs> Who's that? Estedas. Oh really? Yeah, because he's very young. Oh, right. uh, Brian Cole. Uh, evening, Brian. Hope you well. Says after a, another long trip to Yorkshire to see us lose, I've devised a cunning plan to keep us up. Every time I place a bet on Charlton to win, we lose. Yesterday was another case in point. So here is the plan. Charlton are 66-1 to 1 on to go down. So I placed a tenner on that to happen. So it's safe then. I'm also putting a tenner on Miss Mary and Uncle Rowley still being at the Valley come the summer. Fingers crossed my bad run continues. Uh, the negative chance and individual abuse of players is not helpful on a serious point. Uh, and then signs off with hugs. And I think we all need uh, a big Brian Cole hug. But, you know, so it's another one who agrees that the... the Negative chanting at specific players hmm. doesn't help. I mean, I, you know, people have probably guessed now that my um, my little shield of being uh, non-biased on this show has, has probably been taken away slightly. <laughs> my, um, I, I am pretty pro-protest because I don't like the way the club's being systematically destroyed by a bunch of clowns. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, I don't agree with individual targeting of players while we are still playing football. No, and we've done, we've on this show now we've done it quite a few times. We've had the sort of Mackinac was first with Ipswich, isn't it? And then it was uh, Bar, I think, and then Foxy, which was the worst. By a Fox had it, Fox has had it bad, and he yeah. Really but the, f- the thing that annoys me with the whole Fox thing is 
I mean, he has a good game, which he did have a good game against um, like Borough, and he had a pretty solid half first half yesterday, didn't he? Um, from what I saw, but when that happens, no one ever comes out and says, "Oh, he's having a good game." It's always the time when they when they have a bad game, and it's just like instead of. But what I don't agree with is when people directly tweet them. Yeah, and that's what really frustrates me. Is because yeah, you can have an opinion about someone, that's fine, but to directly at them. It's just like, well, what are you going to achieve apart from make yourself look an absolute tool? Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, it, it just doesn't help. I mean, I, sometimes, yeah, I feel like tweeting a player going, oh, you were crap today. But it's not going to help the situation, so you sort of bite your lip a little bit. I know sometimes it's probably done in um, when you have that red mist, possibly. But um, I just don't well, think it's going to help. Well. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't think it's going to help. I really don't. But... Because the next time they get on the pitch, why are they going to fight for the shirt if you're just going to just get abused all the time? You're not going to bother putting a shift in. But, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Right, we're going to be back in 30 seconds, <coughs> and we are going to blame it on the boogie. <laughs> Almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. We saw Ulrich off his line. What a goal. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Channel Live here on channellive.co.uk on this Sunday evening as we've looked back at yesterday's uh, 3-0 defeat at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, right, during the week, as we say, Roland uh, wrote us a lovely statement uh, in which he seemed to blame the fans for the demise of the club. So I tweeted out earlier asking you guys, who do you blame uh, for the demise of the club? Um, and so here we are. We are going to blame it on the boogie. <laughs> Right, Justin Robson <laughs> says he, he he blames the he blames the fact that we got rid of uh, Floyd and Harvey and that we need to bring them back. Jack Bennett says that the seats aren't red enough. Uh, uh, the playmaker says a small squad filled with some very bang average players at best. He went for a serious one. Uh, Stephen Elephant says uh, re, uh, the reason he blames us uh, for Charlton not doing so well this season is that his wife uh, rearranged his CFC shrine on on their corner table. So Mrs. Elephant, you've let us down big time. Yeah. John says <laughs> that it's all Flaggy's fault. Uh, Flaggy, who keeps uh, keeps popping up on the um, uh, on the club statements. Uh, have you guys got anyone you'd like to blame? Um, I've got quite a big list, but I don't know if um, I can say it without swearing. <laughs> There's a big list. Yeah. yeah, I agree with Floyd and Harvey. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I honestly think that that sofa might be putting off the players, especially when they go to take off a corner. It's like they're like looking around, it's like. Why is there a sofa in a football stadium? Yeah. <laughs> right, Daniel Farmer says, because of a lack of knowledge in the championship for our owner, a lack of championship players signing, too many players unfit, injury-prone, lack of investment in the playing staff, lack of chief scout with English experience, CEO has not got a clue on how to run a football club, an owner who just wants to make a profit selling players, uh, some players not right fit for this league, too many foreign players brought it in at once, not enough championship experience, not having a championship experience manager. Just look at what that's done for Rotherham and giving them time, sack too many managers and letting them pick the team, their own players, too many loan players as well. Cheers guys, that is a long one from Daniel, he's got plenty to blame. 
Uh, Martin Skipper says, uh, I can tell you, definitely tell you why Charlton lost to Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. Like myself, I believe a number of the starting 11 yesterday are big fans of traditional of traditional Yorkshire ginger. That being gingerbread with stem ginger crystals in the middle. Why? <laughs> 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 let's continue. Harry arrived at Hillsborough one and a half hours early yesterday due to the free coach provided for customers. Brackets, meaning the enemy. Brackets, dot, 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 brackets. Uh, me and my cousin went on a mad dash for the famous <laughs> Yorkshire gingerbread. We visited a number of bakers and got some bemused faces. Apparently, we only actually sell normal gingerbread in Hillsborough Breakers. One, however, did offer me a gingerbread man iced with a Sheffield Wednesday kit. Unfortunately, I had to decline. Should I have checked the ra- their rather large and prominent uh, adult shop for gingerbread? May have it hidden under there. I wonder if it was the roast beef in Hillsborough served in a Yorkshire pudding. Anyway, let's get back on track. Although Razor Rules are standard at a player yesterday, brackets meaning rubbish, if he had got this of his Yorkshire gingerbread fix, would he have been undoubtedly scored a hat-trick yesterday? A number of others would have surely performed better too. Conspiracy, I hear you ask. Perhaps it needs further investigation. Maybe they are back on sale today. On a serious note, yesterday was painful and yet another embarrassing compituation caused by the fans wanting the club to fail, meaning Roland Rat and his highly qualified CEO. Uh, keep up the good work. He loves the show. We'll get our club back. He's certain. That's Martin S. from Lewis with an extensive email of who he's like to blame. I don't think anyone's going to beat that, to be honest. No. On, on F and Ginger just bread. randomness yeah right uh, <laughs> uh, Stephen Bridge uh, Steve Bridge says that uh, uh, the easy uh, Roland Ratner own goal the appointment of an inexperienced Friars interim head coach in this shipwreck of a season has cost us dear he was in charge for nearly three months losing 8 out of 14 games winning just two with the January transfer window key that was madness so that is who Stephen uh, Bridges blames the blames <laughs> <it> on. <laughs> um, well, I think we've got a couple more, so I'm just going to suppose. I have to admit that that one uh, from uh, the gingerbread man was a bit longer than I was expecting. Uh, right, <laughs> Mark Cox. Uh, right, oh, this isn't a blame one, so I'll take the music down. Uh, Mark Cox says, "Is there any truth in the rumor that Roland has applied to have Charlton's name changed uh, to Roland Rats? <laughs> to, right, to Charlton Rats. Right, um." There's been this really weird email uh, thing going around, which I, I'd see absolutely no truth. So I don't think it's anything to worry about with someone suggesting that Roland's decided to ask if we could change the name of the club. And it, it doesn't ring true to me. Um, if it did, obviously there'd be riots. So mm. it doesn't sound right, does it? You'd hope not. <laughs> yeah, you, you really would hope not. With Roland's Rogers. creativity, brain and grammar, you'd hope he wasn't renaming the, the ground. You, who knows what we'd end up being called if he... They left in the choice. Yeah. Uh, right, Roland, uh, Roland, uh, Stray Slacks, who's changed his Twitter name to Roland Out, says there's still only one operational hand dryer in the. Oh, this is a blame it on the boogie one. There's still only one operational hand dryer in the toilets in the North Harbour. Sort that out and we'll go up. Too true as well. I've, I've suffered that. It's yeah. Awful. Yeah. Cues. <laughs> uh, and uh, Lisbon says, um, uh, Lewis Wheeler says that I blame the sofa. Lisbon says, love the show, guys, and uh, your view supporting fans against RD, but aren't you in danger of being closed down anytime soon? Hope not. <laughs> yeah, well, for, Hope not. It's probably every chance of it. They've, yeah, uh, it was surprising. Yeah, they've uh, they've got history now of trying to silence um, various Charlton fans who've spoken out. Against we might get our, we might get our own statement and everything. Yeah, oh, oh, saying yeah, that, imagine up, like up. we've always wished it on a on a Thursday. Remember when Roland came into London? We was always wondering. Like, imagine if he, him and Katrin just come into the studio. Yeah, now and just oh. sort of can we have an interview live? I'm just slightly like worried they'd be armed with a revolver or something. <laughs> 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 A we'll quick break, and then we're going to look back. Uh, uh, we're going to look ahead to what's going to happen after the international break. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason. Can't find hope to believe in. 
Craig Hurdgrod. Can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Cutters at the front post. Yeah! Let's go to the We're a goal. Yeah! In the 96th minute. Charlton Live. Uh, Charlton Live here. <laughs> On a Sunday evening, right? Um, it, it's a two-week break now. Um, when, when you go into a two-week break, you look—you you tend to look at the form you're in currently and decide whether that's what you want. So, before I think the first international break of the season came after the first defeat of the season away at um, uh, away at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Whereas I think people were looking at it as, as quite a good start for the season. People were thinking, well, you know chance for injuries to come back mm. here a chance for, 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 for players to come back fit and we've never recovered from, from that no. that first break I mean you look at the first uh, defeat perhaps and say that was the reason we went on this, this bad run I mean how, how, do you see the, the, the break now as a positive as, as a negative um, I think well how far away is really Ahmed matter, yeah. yeah how far away is Ahmed you know how far away is um, Eagle how much you know how far away is Jacko I know he's obviously played but it, you know, you can only use it as a sort of moment of obviously trying to get everyone back fit, but it's I think it's a little bit too late now um, to get uh, to get everyone back fit. But uh, to be honest, I just it ju- it just prolongs the sort of suffering. I think at the end of the season, doesn't it? So um, I'd rather there wasn't one. We just sort of get this season over and done with. And just just get, even Patrick Bowers still out, isn't he? You oh, yeah. Think, would you would you bring him straight back in? Would you yeah. separate Fanny and Tejera and? Shake up the. It's hard to say. Really. Two again. I mean, if if you look at the defence for the, <coughs> we had clean sheets against Millsbury and MK Dons, and only conceded mm. one at Brentford. But then you go again and just concede three goals. So it's it's hard to say whether the defence yeah. is in even in form after one game that goes wrong. Are they still in form because they had one one goal in three against them? It's, it's, yeah. yeah, I think we have. We've really missed Bauer. I, I do think we have missed him. What was it? An abdominal injury? When no or groin. Might be the Steve, the, the Stephen Henderson, Henderson phantom, phantom injury keeps keeps changing around his body. <laughs> the phantom injury. Yeah. Uh, right after the uh, the after the international break, I believe the next the next game is home to Birmingham. All right, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then I think it's is it Ipswich and then QPR. Yeah, or is it QPR, so, then I mean, Ipswich. the run of fixtures doesn't get any easier. And then Derby. Yeah, and Q- Bolton. Yeah. Oh God, Bolton. I mean, I've, uh, you, you look at that Birmingham game. Birmingham aside, sort of floating j- around just outside the playoffs there. You know, under a, a former manager, a former player of ours as manager, Gary Rowe. I mean, I can't. You just don't see a single game getting any easier. I mean, a lot of top top half teams in the rest of our fixture list. So. And they're all chasing promote, uh, chasing playoffs as well, which is the mm. last people you really want to be playing because they're going to be absolutely fighting too for now, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. So it's going to be fun. Going to be fun. So our remaining four home games, but uh, Birmingham. So uh, our home games remain as Birmingham, Derby, Brighton, and Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. Uh, yeah. So not a single. I mean, I remember after we spoke to Carol Fry at Burnley, he, uh, he, I'd asked him if why the form was relegation form or all this, and he said that he, he he looked at the list of fixtures. Said, well, we're playing a lot of difficult clubs. I mean, that, that's the sort of fixture list we're looking at now. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're playing a lot of difficult clubs with some poorer clubs in there. Mm. Um, I mean, Ipswich is a team that we, we always seem to struggle against. Mick McCarthy these days, don't we? So. Yeah, and they're they're hovering outside the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah, they lost to Rotherham yesterday, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, it's it's lost to Rotherham. That's that's the weird thing. You've got Rotherham now, who've taken points off Middlesbrough, off um, Derby, off off Ipswich, off off decent teams, off Sheffield. They they won one nil at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, Mm. and you put that, you compare that to the sort of. I imagine that the sort of performance that Rotherham put in at Sheffield Wednesday was the performance we were trying to put in, like be hard to break down and get yeah. a goal on, on the counter attack. But we just we just not good enough to do that. Mm. Uh, Lewis mm. Wheeler says that Bauer would have to come in easily our, our best centre half, so he'd be yeah. in favour of um, of uh, of breaking up that that central defensive uh, partnership. Right, uh, John Rolfe. Got to blame. Got to blame on the boogie. He says I blame it on Ronan's mum and dad. 
Oh. Which I, I have to admit. That's yeah, oh, can't. harsh, yeah. It's like a mum joke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> years. Right, we've had an email in from a, a someone who'd like to remain anonymous, and uh, I was sort of humming and ahhing about whether to read this one out, but he wants to... Uh, uh, we've, we've got about five minutes left still, so we will. Uh, he says... Uh, hi, he sent this in during the week. He says, Hi, guys, I like the show, and I thought it'd be appropriate to write in about an incident in the director's box last Sunday against Borough. I personally witnessed um, the Borough chairman, Steve Gibson's bodyguard... Uh, threatening uh, someone across from his seat simply for uh, standing up during the beach ball protest. The bodyguard moved into a seat next to the protest and made threats. They appeared to be encouraged by Mr. Gibson. Unbelievably, the Charlton director's box security guard refused to intervene. It wasn't until the recipient of the bullion called other security that the bodyguard was asked to move away. Needless to say, the borough management are very totally unsympathetic to our cause. Uh, and, and that's interesting. I mean, it, it all comes. I mean, this is obviously something completely unverified, and we can't really confirm that or anything like that. But the, the way that other people see the protests, I mean, there are people who will just find it annoying. I don't. If anyone mm. watched back on the the, I had the game taped on Sky, and I was just watching the specific parts of of, of the bit, so the, the main like the whistle, the, the beach balls, mm. and that, and and the walkout. And uh, the, I noticed at one point, I think it was during the walkout, they focused in on a fan in the Chelten ends who came down his row and walked across to have a go at yeah, another chance. I see that, yeah. Um, so there are, like we said, there are people who are completely against any form of protest and see it and see it as a sort of a personal affront to them that people are ruining their game, the, yeah. their football game. So, you know, it's, it's interesting really, isn't it, that, the way yeah. that some people see that. And with Borough as well, they'd obviously had like the, a pretty poor week with the whole Karanka saga. They didn't know what was happening. They were in a bad dip of form, weren't they? And then they sort of, they'll probably sort of see it that we took the the limelight from the game with the protest and everything and used it to our streams and beat them. You know, I think Karanka came out in the week and said that he said something about uh, the chart result not mattering too much. But if you think that if that defeat is the one that stops them getting in the top two, mm. well, they're now they're they're a well, point they beat off. Hull, didn't they? Yeah, they beat Hull with the last minute winner. I like that because the notorious Roland out protester David Nugent. If anyone saw after the. Um, after the game against Borough, he was photographed with a black and white scarf and wearing a, a Roland Out sticker, David Nugent. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's what I did wonder. Everyone was like, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so he, he got a last minute winner from Middlesbrough there. So I took Karanka coming back has obviously, has obviously helped uh, for them. Right. With, we're looking at what, eight games left now? When, when, let, let, let's set the, uh, the, the funeral day. What, what day are we getting relegated? Uh, Derby at home. Yeah. Derby home, so you reckon it'll be one, two, three, with four games left still, so yeah. we'd have to be 12 points behind in that situation. Yeah, past yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who we, we got, got after that, yeah, so we've got Derby. Oh, Derby. We got Bolton away on a Tuesday night. Yeah, we, yeah. imagine. We get relegated yeah. by oh, lose 6-0 away to Bolton and then get relegated and Hesse scores six. We could be in some sort of mutually assured destruction though, against, <laughs> against Bolton where we, uh, like a draw could take, take both teams down. I mean, you think once, if and when we do get relegated, the if being just put in there as a clause because yeah. it's more the when when we get relegated I mean, what, what, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like at the, at the ground for the last few games of that season of the season yeah, once, once we've gone down them. no I think it will get to a point where people will just start you know they think ah, season done mm. ta and that, that'll be it and then you know there's a summer of you know the if and buts of who's going to come back next year and watch us in League One and you know, what, what the next step of protest is going to be? Like, are we going to have a pre-season tour in Belgium again? Are they going to go out there and <laughs> cause aggro in St. Trudy? You don't, you don't know. Do Surely you? they wouldn't be that stupid to have you, a pre-season I tour. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all the Roland teams play each other. Yeah. <laughs> the Roland yeah. Cup. 
Yeah, Sebo, Sebo tweets in and says, I reckon we'll be relegated at Bolton and both sides will be confirmed that night. I mean, oh, it's a good g- shout. Going yeah. all the way up to Bolton on a Tuesday night to watch this, to watch both teams get relegated. I mean, that, that could That'd be a cheery old pub atmosphere. Yeah, that could be <laughs> potential. I mean, I've, I've, I've already booked trains because I'm a, a, a certified idiot. I've already booked trains and a hotel for Bolton on a Tuesday night and I know a fair few Bolton friends as well. So mm. the likelihood is that we're just going to be involved in the most disappointing after, after game drink. The Tuesday night game as well. Yeah, I mean, I went to, we went to Bolton on a Tuesday night around the same time last season. That was a pretty miserable affair and both teams were quite happily staying up then. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. we've got... I, was, I don't know who I'd rather relegate me, Emil Heskey or Steve Evans. Oh. When we play the last away game of the season. Yeah, oh Leeds. God. Imagine. If he relegates us... Oh. I think we'd be done by the He's awful, game. isn't he? That's, yeah. I couldn't handle that. Yeah, right. Well, I would thank you. Uh, the, the time's running out on Cholton's life in the Championship, but time has definitely run out on the show for this evening. Um, we're um, it's, it's getting to the stage now of the season when we're really scrambling for ideas for, for different things to talk about because we're saying the same thing yeah. pretty much week in week out now we're getting similar emails every week I mean everyone loves to everyone get, gets the chance to express their opinion which we're, we're really grateful for you guys emailing in but it's getting to the stage now we're making the same mistakes every week we're, we're, we're quite thankful that Ronan sent out that mental statement this week so <laughs> we had at least something slightly different to talk about um but yeah, thanks for for your emails and tweets for for keeping the show going. Uh, Lewis, thanks for for dragging your hungover self back from Sheffield <laughs> into the studio. Cheers, Louis. Nathan, thank you for dragging yourself away from your your dinner for to to come in this evening. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I've been Louis Mendes. International break we're going into now. So no Charlton live on Thursday or next Sunday. We'll be back. On Thursday week, as uh, me, Nathan and Tom, hopefully we'll be looking ahead to the game with Birmingham back of the valley. Thanks for all your emails and tweets. Uh, thanks for, for your uh, your apologies for, for making us lose 3-0 as well. I'll put Sheffield Wednesday uh, next week. We'll see you when we're back on Thursday week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 